You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.vin. Fantastic to be here. This is the second of our three-week series that we've called A Race Marked Out for Us. And uh, it's a series that's leading up to a kind of a cascade of gift days happening all around our church over the next few weeks. It's a really big moment for our church family. And if you're kind of just looking in on us today, you're really welcome. Hope it encu- hope it really encourages you. Um, the reason why we're doing that, why we're building up to these gift days, is because we have these two quite significant financial needs that we need to meet as a church community. Uh, The first one is we have the builders literally standing by ready to start renovation work on the Mearns Community Centre and also the Credo building in John Street in Aberdeen and they need to know and our trustees need to know that we've got the money to be able to do that and at the moment we have a big gap. It's £194,000 and so we need to try and fill that gap as a church otherwise the builders just can't start. The second gap is a gap in our regular income uh, and uh, we're, we're just subject to the inflation that we're all experiencing right now. All of our costs have gone up and so our, uh, uh, we need to see our regular income increase quite significantly by about £15,000 a month over the next while and so we, that's what these gift days are all about. And so before we open up the scriptures together, let me just make some points and just clarify some things about it. So we're asking everyone who's a regular member of our church to pick up one of these pledge forms. In fact, it's a, it's a card, and, and it's actually two cards in one, so you, you can see there's like a dotted line on it. You just need to cut down the dotted line, and it becomes two cards. The first card is a prayer card, and we are asking everyone who's part of our church to pray. We need a miracle. In fact, we need two miracles, and so we need you to pray. There are prayer points on it, and th- that's a kind of a guide to the kinds of things that you could be praying about. We're asking uh, as many people as possible to fast, and lots of people are fasting on Mondays, and so the dates of those Mondays are on there as well, and so please will you pray. And as part of your praying, we would just love it if everyone who's part of our church would ask the Lord, Lord, what is our response? What is my response to this need? Uh, and what should I personally or our household be giving towards this need? And we'd love you to ask that of the Lord. And, and then we're asking everyone who's asked that and has got an answer to do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Don't give more than what Jesus is asking you to give. Don't give less than what Jesus is asking you to give. Just do exactly what he's asking you to do. And, and uh, if we all give in that kind of a way we're believing that God will provide everything that we everything that we need and uh, so and, and then once you once you've given uh, then we, you need to tell us what you're g- giving and, and so that's what the pledge f- card is for and and uh, w- we would find it really helpful if you would write in the boxes the numbers that are, and, and please don't like don't write in the box here's what I would give if I won the lottery uh, you know like that's no help to us we'll get really excited and then we'll realize later on that you haven't won the lottery in fact and so we'll be disappointed so just write what you're intending to give that would be really helpful and um, let me just just to be ultra clear 
we have two bank accounts. We have a bank account for the building fund and we have a bank account for our regular income. If you give one-off gifts, we'd like you to give them into the building fund so that they go towards the buildings. And, and if more money that comes in than what we need, please God, then we'll only use that money in a restricted way towards the accumulation and the renovation of buildings for our, for our sites. Um, uh, and then if you want to give to the regular income in a, in a regular way, then please will you give into the other bank account. And both bank account details are on this card. And the last thing to clarify is that um, once you've kind of done all of those things, uh, you need to fill in a gift aid form. If you haven't done that before, you might think, I think I've already filled out a gift aid form. If you're not sure, or even if you are sure, just fill it in again, and then we'll have those details too. So I think that's pretty much it. Our, pre our preferred method for you doing the giving part is that you do it uh, directly with your bank. So you, either with your telephone banking or internet banking or the kind of walk into the bank and speak to a person banking, uh, we, we accumulate fewer bank charges if you do all of those, uh, the, the transactions, whether it's like a bank transfer or setting up a standing order, do it with your bank. However, if for whatever reason you've lost the password for your internet banking or whatever it is, then uh, you can go to the website pledge.catalyst.vin and if you go there, then you're able to use a bank card or something like that instead. Okay, I think that's pretty much what I need to share on that. So, let me start by reading again our passage from Hebrews that this series is based on. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And that's our scripture for today. The very first word of our passage there was the word therefore. When I first became a Christian as a teenager, I was kind of buddied up with what felt like the world's oldest man. He was a retired Baptist pastor. He was called Charles, and he helped me to understand how to read the Bible because I'd not really done that before. And one of the tips that he gave me, age 15, was if ever you come across a therefore in your Bible passage, you should always try to figure out what the therefore is there for. Do you see? Do you see? It's clever, isn't it? And so we have to ask ourselves, he starts this passage, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, why has he said that? And in order to figure that out, we go to the chapter before. And the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 11, he gives us this amazing list of men and women of God down the ages who have lived and walked by faith. By faith, in holy fear, he says, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, the people of God passed through the Red Sea as if on dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. 
And so the writer to the Hebrews, having detailed this unbroken chain of men and women of faith who've in their day, in their moment, trusted God and believed him for their provision and for their very lives, uh, he says, he turns to his current audience and he says, and now let us run our race with the same kind of faith. Let us, he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, these amazing men and women of faith, let's run our race in the same way. And that really is the sense of what God seems to be saying to us as a church family right now. We need to grow and stretch our faith. And we need to begin to walk out and live out our faith in this moment and trust God for his provision, which we need. We really need. If you've recently joined us, then maybe Catalyst Vineyard to you feels a little bit like Aldi. You know, every now and then a new Aldi appears and it's like, oh, I used to have to travel for half an hour to get to the nearest Aldi. And now there's an Aldi like re literally right on my doorstep. That's amazing. And, and so some people are like, wow, this is brilliant. Catalyst Vineyard has just appeared in my neighborhood. That's fantastic. Or, or, or a vineyard church has just been planted in my neighborhood. How brilliant. And it might seem like it's just effortless like Aldi. But those of us who have belonged to our church for a while, we know different. We know that it's nothing at all like Aldi, and it's way more like Jenga. You know, where, where you're taking blocks that seem like they really need to stay where they are, and they're really important to the foundation of the whole thing, and then we're removing them from there, and we're placing them in other parts so that the structure grows, and it's seemingly impossible as to how the whole thing stands up. You know, we, we, we were... Uh, at one of our uh, welcome dinners recently and I was speaking to this guy who was new into the church, I was sat next to him and he said, so just help me to understand, what's your growth strategy? I said, I, I, I'm not really too sure what you mean. He, he said, well, well, how is it all financed? And I was like, I'm still not clear on what you mean. He said, well, like, what's your business model? And I said, to be honest, I think you've totally misunderstood how our church operates. Like, the blood that's pumping through the veins of this church does not have pound signs on it. The blood that's pumping through our church is faith. We're a group of people, a church, a family who operate and live by faith and not by sight. And uh, that's really what Taryn was talking about last week, you know, uh, or, or the last time. And, and if you didn't get a chance yet to listen to what she said, I'd encourage you. It's on YouTube, and it would be really great if you could listen to that. Today, we're, we're going to start to move on, and we're going to start to think not about the runners of the race who are marked by faith. We're going to start to look at the nature of the race that we're all running. And the first characteristic of the race is this. It's a race that's marked out for us. In other words, we didn't choose the race. God chooses the race. School sports day was an absolute nightmare for me because I hated all sport. And uh, the PE teacher used to make every child run in some kind of a race. And the race that I was allocated as a kid was the 1500 meter race, which is, uh, to the uninitiated, is basically like 138 laps of the field. And it takes you about four and a half hours to complete. I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but it was horrific. And I, I remember thinking to myself, 
this is so unfair. You know, I've got to do 138 laps of the field and, and it's going to take me all afternoon. And then some kids, they've got to run for 15 seconds from like there to there. That's so unfair. And many of us could be asking that question right now. We could be saying, Lord, how does our church have to run the 1500 meters when some churches don't? How did we end up in this position? And the answer we have to say, don't we, we believe, is that God in his kindness and his perfection has marked this race out for us. This is our race. Um, actually, when you look at it and you kind of stand back from it, what you can see is, is that God's fingerprints are all over the journey of our church from the very beginning. You know, the Lord has led us so beautifully over the years. As Taryn said last week, in 2012, God began to speak to our church and say it's time to spread out and to start new expressions of our church all over the northeast of Scotland. And just in case you're wondering how that all happens and you're thinking that it's like the leaders go up the mountain and they come back with the revelation from God, that isn't how it works in our church at all. We hear God in community as a family. And in fact, um, you know, people send in prophetic words all the time to, to, to the leadership of the church. You can do that right now. If you have a word from God, we want to hear it. Words at catalyst.vin is the email address. And so we... we um, we, we're just listening to God all the time. And he said, spread out. And so people gave nearly half a million pounds. And we spread out in 2012. By 2018, we'd reached eight sites. And, and then God started to speak again. And, and this time it was more like, um, you need to strengthen your stakes. I wonder if you remember that, for those of you who were there. Strengthen your In other words, it was about, you, we, we've got to do things in a way that's more resilient and, and sturdier and more stable so that this church isn't just a once-in-a-generation flash in the pan, but it still exists well on into future generations. That's what we're so desperate for. And as part of that, we, were, we, we knew that God was saying we needed to try to find a building for every one of our sites, a permanent place, a base for the place. And, and God was really clearly speaking into that. And so I stood up on the 23rd of September 2018, and that's exactly what I said. And in fact, we can listen to a much younger and, and you know, slightly less uh, graying me say that. And so let's do that right now. What we realized when we started praying into, how are we gonna make sure that this thing is all still here in 50 years time? And we realized this is a bit of a change in some ways from what we've said previously. Uh, we, we've realized that every site needs some kind of base for the place. And our concern is that we use public buildings, rented public buildings for nearly everything we do in our church except for what happens in this building. And our concern is that at some point, the local councils will say, I'm sorry, you can't rent our buildings anymore. And they might do that at a moment's notice. And at the moment, we have no resilience for that. We've got no plan B. But we believe there are two routes through which we're going to get buildings. The first one is that we, we've got friends who have planted churches. And over the course of time, they've become more established in the community and then um, another church that has been in decline for some years has said, listen, we're, we're just five elderly people now meeting in this building. Would you take this building and we'll go meet in the library? 
And we believe that there will be places, and we've had prophetic confirmation of that from a number of different places. We believe that there will be churches that say, hey, listen, for the sake of the next generation, please will you use this building? We're praying into that. The second thing is that we've become aware of, again, other churches uh, who've got buildings, received buildings from local authorities by way of a a, a UK-wide legislation called Community Asset Transfer. And what that does is it says any community group can approach a local authority, a council, and say, hey, you see this disused community centre here? Or you see this underused community centre? We want to bring that back to life and, and, and make that work for the good of the community. And subject to kind of checks and balances and all of that, they are legally obliged to give you that building to use for the sake of the local community. We believe that it's actually a very viable way to have buildings um, in every place to make sure that we've got uh, more stability and strength for the years to come. It's amazing, isn't it? I don't even remember saying most of that. But we could never have known back in 2018 that COVID would come and that the councils would do literally what I said. They withdrew our use of public buildings for Uh, 83 weeks in a row. We could never have known that. And we could have never have known four years later that the the amazing, beautiful fellowship in Peterhead would decide, hey, listen, could we give you our building for the sake of future generations? And we could never have known that the Aberdeenshire Council would eventually decide to give us the Lawrence Kirk Community Centre for one pound by asset transfer but the lord knew it all and this is the race that he has marked out for us the truth is when i said that in 2018 i think we all thought that it would happen pretty quickly but actually it didn't happen as quickly as we thought in fact the following year in november 2019 taryn and i were at a gathering of church leaders just beside windsor castle and uh, there was a guy there a pastor who was really really prophetic and he made taryn and i stand up in front of the whole group and then he prophesied over us and here's what he said he said i keep hearing the phrase title deeds and you've been praying and holding on and it's felt like just before the breakthrough came it keeps getting snatched away and I feel like God wants to say to you no more no more that he's got title deeds for you and then almost immediately after that COVID came and everything just seemed to stop and then the title deeds began to come first of all the Mearns Community Centre then the Peterhead Building And then finally, the Credo building, each one a miracle in itself. You know, the Mearns building was professionally valued before we took it on at £175,000, even in its current condition. And the Lord gave it to us for £1. And then we'd been, um, we were sold the Credo building for £275,000 plus VAT. And, and yet we, I was speaking to someone really recently who's an expert in these things. And they said that that building could be worth somewhere between £1.2 and £1.5 million. It's a miracle of God's provision. 
And you might remember that we needed to get the planning permission to come at a particular date. I think it was the, the 13th of December was when our mortgage offer ran out. And so we needed everything sewn up by the 13th of December. And it all came through on the 12th of December, which meant that, that we were ab able to take advantage of the mortgage offer that we'd been given before the Prime Minister crashed the economy back in the summer. And so we have been protected for every interest rate rise by the Bank of England. This happened nearly every month since last summer because God has marked out the race for us. After more than 25 years of owning one building, suddenly in the space of about 12 months, we, go, we went from owning one building to owning four buildings. It's the Lord. It's the race that he, he's marked out for us. We might not have chosen the long wait and then everything coming at once, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, you know, it doesn't make this moment any less intimidating. And the truth is that Taryn and I and the other leaders, we've been saying to the Lord, Lord, don't you know that there's a cost of living crisis? This is a terrible time to ask the church for money. And so we've been very nervous about this moment. And, and the weekend before, Taryn was going to do the very first talk uh, uh, where we were feeling like really sick about the whole thing. The Lord spoke. And in fact, I was speaking at a... A leadership conference for the, the leaders of the vineyard churches in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland that weekend. And uh, uh, it was all through a trans, uh, German translator. And, and at the end of the, the last session, this lady comes up to me with a wild look in her eye. And I thought, oh my goodness, what on earth is about to happen? And she hands me this coin. And I'm thinking, is this like some kind of a weird German custom where they give you money at the end of your talk or something like that? But, but no, no, she, she said through a translator, she said, look at the edge of the coin. And it's a five Swiss franc coin. And around the edge, there's some Latin words. It, it's dominus providebit. And she said that in Latin means the Lord will provide. And she put it into my hand. She said, God says to you and to your church, the Lord will provide. Isn't that amazing? And then literally the following day, so the day before Taryn was due to stand up and announce this whole thing, uh, we had a, a prophetic word sent from Denmark, from a group of prophetic people in Denmark, most of whom we've never, never met. Uh, and they said they've got a picture for us and they've got a word for us and a sentence for us. Uh, and they've been praying for us and that's what, what had come. Uh, and the picture was of an old church building they said, I see a church building slowly being stripped of different parts. Building extensions are being torn down. Roof tiles are being taken off one by one. And the building is given, being given the more simple roof. And that picture in itself is an amazing picture of what we're doing to both of the, the church, the buildings that we are renovating. You know, the Credo building is an old church building and it's having its insides removed, exactly as they said. And then the Mearns building has had some porter cabin extensions taken down and then it's having its roof completely redone. It's amazing. It's just a picture of exactly what we're doing. And then, the, so that was the picture. The word they said was the word solvency. And they said, you'll need to look that up. And I looked it up. It says it means the, the possession of assets in excess of liabilities and the ability to pay one's debts. And then they gave a sentence, put an end to anxiety. And so we feel really clear in presenting this to you, our church family. This is the Lord. This is the road that he's, the, the race that he's marked out for us. And we need only to respond to what it is that he's doing.
That's the first thing. The second thing is it's an uphill obstacle race. When I turned 40, I had a kind of midlife crisis and I took up jogging. And the truth is, I hate jogging in some ways. You know, like I don't want to jog in the rain or the wind or even mist. Uh, and I'm not dignified or, or fast or anything like that, but I do do it. Uh, and what I've learned about running is that when you're running downhill with the wind behind you, it feels like you're invincible. The problem is that most of the time, as we know, you're mostly in Scotland running uphill and you're running with the wind and the rain driving into your eyes. And in some ways, that is the race that the Lord has made, uh, you know, given to us. It, it's an uphill race. You know, we're, we're, we're doing these gift days at a time of national cost of living crisis. It's the biggest cost of living crisis that we've experienced since the 1950s. And, and everyone is counting their pennies in a way that they haven't had to before. And so we recognize, we are only, you know, we are, we are deeply aware of what this moment represents. It's, it's uphill. Uh, and um, secondly, it, it's, it's against enemy fire. You know, the last thing that the enemy wants us to do together is to pull our resources and give generously and sacrificially towards the extending of God's kingdom in, across the northeast of Scotland. What the enemy wants us to do is the very opposite. He wants us to get, to get us to, to just hold on to the whole thing, a bit like Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, my precious. He doesn't want us to do any of that. And so it's uphill, it's against enemy fire, but it's an obstacle race. We have these two big obstacles to overcome. The first one is to do with the building renovations. As Taryn said, you know, we, 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 we exercise due diligence as you would expect. You know, when we, uh, even before we submitted the application for the asset transfer of the Lawrence Kirk building, we took a build around it, exactly like you would expect. And the builder looked at all the things that needed doing. And initially they told us that, that the stuff that needed doing would cost in the region of 70,000 pounds. And then we knew as trustees and leaders, hey, it's never gonna be 70,000. And so we set aside 125,000 pounds. And then as things dragged on with, with uh, the, the asset transfer request and then all of the different permissions that we've needed to obtain, uh, we knew that it wouldn't be 125,000 anymore and so we squirreled away another 50,000 and so it was 175,000 pounds. And then as the builder's quotes have come in, in fact the highest builder's quote was nearly half a million pounds. And the cheapest one that then we began to work with, we've managed to get that quote down to 300,000 pounds. To anyone who's attempting to get work done on their house at the moment in terms of an extension or whatever, you'll know that these costs are just going up and up and up all the time. The same thing happened in the Credo building. We took people round before we came to any kind of agreement with the previous owners. And, and uh, you know, we had an indication of how much it would cost. And of course, as time has gone on, those costs have only increased. Uh, and even though uh, some people in our church have already given a phenomenal 103,000 pounds so generously, there is still a gap there. Too. And we've applied to more than 20 grant-making trusts and we've heard nothing back from any of them. 
the only grant that we're confident that we'll be able to receive is one for solar panels, low energy lighting and insulation. And, and just to assure you, this whole uh, looking after the planet thing is really important to us. And so we're going to put the mother of all solar panel installations on both of the buildings that we're renovating. But there is an obstacle in the middle of our race. It's, it's, it's the renovations and the price tag to that obstacle is 194,000 pounds or 160,000 plus gift aid or thereabouts. The second obstacle is in our regular income. Now you might imagine, if you're new to our church, that there's some kind of denominational headquarters that is funding everything that happens in our church, but that's not true. Everything that happens in our church happens because we are pooling our resources as a family. We're all giving generously and we're facilitating everything that God wants us to do. The only grants that we receive have been to do with the, the work of Catalyst Transform in terms of feeding hungry people and so on. But everything else happens by uh, the pooling of our resources. And it's amazing how, how much that adds up to. You know, the, the annual budget of our church is about a million pounds. A million pounds from people just giving money, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but actually when you think that the income is maybe a million pounds and then we give away 15% of that to missions and, and then if you take the, what's left and you divide that by eight modest sized local churches, local congregations, you know, actually what we're doing is incredibly good value for money. We're, by doing it together, we're doing it in a way that's way more economically sustainable than if we were all doing it separately. Um, miraculously, our income has stayed really static over the last three years of crisis, the COVID crisis, the oil downturn, and the economic crisis. Uh, the income has stayed the same, but inflation has been running at more than 10%, and so our costs have just gone up and up and up. And so even if we were to see our income increase by 10%, then we would only be able to stand still. And who wants to stand still? None of us. You, you know, we're aware, for example, that the Lord is doing something beautiful amongst our young people. And, and we would love to be able to say to our young people, what do you need? But we daren't do that. Because there isn't any more, more money to give. The same goes for any one of you. If you had a sense of what the Lord is wanting to do and you came to us with an idea, we are not free to pursue any of those ideas right now. And in fact, we've been trying to trim our budget down. You know, this biscuit is an illustration of where we are now. We used to give cookies to people when they came on a Sunday morning that were the size of someone's head. And now we're giving biscuits this size because we're trimming everything right back. We're doing everything that we can. But we just need to be really clear that we need to see the income increase. And, and just while we have you, in terms of the online community, you know, I'm speaking to each site individually. So as I speak to the online community, let me say that currently the online community is covering 6% of its own costs. So the money that comes in from you guys as the online community is, is nowhere near covering the cost of providing the online uh, community for you. And, and, and that would actually, be, I mean, those numbers are, are different in every site, but, but the majority of the sites are not covering their own costs. And so that's why we are where we are. And so we're praying and fasting for an increase in general giving of £12,000 a month plus gift aid, uh, which is about £15,000. What do you do when the race is uphill and is covered in obstacles? Well, verse 2, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, and we consider him who knows what it's like to endure opposition. 
so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. It's a race that God's marked out for us. It's an obstacle race. And finally, let me finish with this, it's a team race. You know, that guy, Charles, who was as old as God, who taught me how to read the Bible, he said we should always look at who is this passage addressed to? And he said we very often make the mistake that it's addressed to a person, whereas he says nearly throughout the whole Bible, nearly every part of the Bible is addressed not to a person but to a people. And you see that here in this passage. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's a team race. You know, when I was a child, we used to take our holidays near Salisbury Plain because my cousins lived near there. And, and we used to, to watch... Um, people learning how to drive tanks, like in the army, that's where they used to do that. And we used to just stand there and salute as the tanks rolled past. And so it wasn't a massive surprise when, as a young kid, I was like, my dream job is to drive a tank. And I tried really hard. Like when I was 14 or 15, I went to Sandhurst Military Academy for a selection week. And on the very first day there, I realized and this won't be a surprise to any of us, I realized that uh, the military life was not for me. They took me to a, an assault course, and there were loads of us there. I was the shortest person there by a million miles. I was about four foot high, and, and the first obstacle was a six foot high wall. And, and all the, everyone else just ran towards it and threw themselves over it, and I ran towards it and splatted right into it about twice. And then I looked around to see whether anyone was looking, and then I just went round it. To my horror, I discovered that behind the six-foot wall was a 12-foot wall. And uh, uh, no one knew how to get over that. And the sergeant major was shouting at a 1,000 decibels. He said, you've got to work as a team. And we figured out how to do it. And so we threw up the first couple of people, like catapulted them. And they just flew into the air, and they landed on the top of the wall. And then they then leant down and pulled everyone up, except for me, who was so short, they had to lower someone down by their ankles. And then they would reach down and pull me up. And then we all got over the wall together. And that's what we're going to do friends. That's how this race is going to work. You know, we are going to get over these obstacles, not by ourselves, but we're going to do it as a family. And this whole one church, many places thing is a gift to us in this moment. You know, some of us will only have a few pounds that we're able to give, and that is so beautiful that you would consider doing that. Others of us will have thousands of pounds or hundreds of pounds, and we'll be able to give that. And all of us will give what God is asking us to give. And together, I believe that we'll meet, we'll meet the, the need that, that we have in front of us right now. It's frankly very unlikely that between the Merns site and the North site, uh, they'll be able to afford to meet that £194,000 cost just by themselves. But we as a church family, uh, we'll all ask the Lord, and some of us will also give to that need too. And we're going to help them get over their wall. And then some of our other sites that don't currently have buildings, when we come to our wall and we have a building that we need, they will help us. We're going to help each other get over the wall. We understand that 
this is a, a, a strange time to be doing this, but we do believe that this is the road that God has marked out for us. And so we're going to ask the Lord, we're going to respond to what he's saying, and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Let me just finish with this. There's a, uh, a, an, an amazing intercessor, prayer in our church, and she sent us in a prophetic word just this past Tuesday, and it's from the book of Haggai. And it says this, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. And by the way, don't we feel like we're experiencing that right now? And then it goes on to say, I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of this former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. May that be so. Let me pray. Lord, we trust you. We as a family are walking by faith. And we're believing that you'll provide. And so we pray that you'd speak to each one of us. And you'd show us what our response is. And we pray that, that you would cause every need to be met. We believe that you know what you're doing, that your path, your, your race, your road is good and perfect. And so we're trusting you. And all God's people said, Amen.